BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is MRN Crew Call, brought to you by Hercules Tires. One of the things I love about playoff racing, beyond playoff racing, of course, and I, and I do love that and the excitement we had at Darlington is I love when one of those non-playoff drivers gets right up in the middle of it and mixes it up with the playoff guys. And we we had that at Darlington on Sunday night. I'm Steve Post, Pit Road Reporter for Motor Racing Network. And this is Crew Call, presented by Hercules Tires, right on our strength. Ross Chastain was strong on Sunday night. No doubt about it at Darlington. He was one of the cars to beat, and he was mixing it up with Larson, mixing it up with Denny Hamlin, and anybody else who chose to run up front, they were going to have to go toe-to-toe with Ross Chastain. Ultimately, Chastain and his team would come away with a third-place finish. Phil Surgeon is the crew chief for Ross Chastain. It was only his 44th start as a Cup Series crew chief. He put a good car under his driver, and we'll talk to Phil Surgeon Coming up here on Crew Call by Hercules Tires. The NASCAR season is here and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. For decades, Dryden Lubricants has been made in America and made to last, paving the way on our highways, in our fields, and on the production line. Today, Dryden offers a complete line of engine oils, greases, hydraulic and transmission fluids, and diesel exhaust fluid. If you want greater performance and protection for your critical engines and equipment, go to Dryden.com. Dryden, American-owned and operated, and a proud supporter of racing and race fans everywhere. Flow Racing is the home of grassroots racing, with over 1,300 races streaming live in 2021. Watch the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl, World 100, Dirt Late Model Dreams, Sweet 16, and much, much more. Subscribe today by going to flowracing.com MRN. From sprint cars on dirt to SK Modifieds on pavement, arena cross, drag racing, and everything in between, it's here, live, and on demand. Subscribe today by going to flowracing.com slash MRN. That's F-L-O-Racing.com forward slash MRN. 
It is Crew Call presented by Hercules Tires. Joining us on the Zoom line from over at Chip Ganassi Racing is Phil Surgeon. Hello, Phil. Welcome into Crew Call. Thanks for having me, Steve. Man, it's uh, great to catch up with you. First off, what a run at Darlington. Um, man, you guys gave your driver a fast race car. It's uh, it, 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 A lot of work goes into this. It's got to be nice to have nights like that. Yeah, definitely rewarding. You know, we've been building on it uh, all season kind of incrementally, and uh, it's it's really gratifying when it all comes together. You know, we had a solid day all around. The, the car was good. Ross did a great job. Uh, and pit road was was amazing. You know, with all those stops, you can't afford to have a, a bad pit road and a, a long night like that. But, um, you know, for a while now, our 750 stuff has been pretty good. The road course stuff, you know, Nashville, Dover, um, and it just all kind of came together the other night. We Obviously, we came up a bit short, but uh, still a really solid run for us. How taxing is that for the crew members? More pit stops than we'll probably do any time. Maybe the 600, it just depends on how the race plays out. But, um, you know, how grinding is that for the, for those guys uh, that go over the wall? Oh, it, it's it's definitely uh, it's definitely grinding for them. And when you consider that, you know, they 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 not only pit the cup stuff, but they do uh, Xfinity and truck as well. So they had done some pit stops earlier in the day. Uh, and obviously being 100 degrees that, uh, you know, it, it takes a toll. But uh, they kept it together. Uh, all night had had good stops. I think the the slowest stop they had was uh, still in the twelves. Wow, pretty solid. That's for sure. That really is. That's neat. Phil, beyond your performance, uh, and I've talked to Matt McCall about this. Talked to him on pit road about it. Maybe this past Sunday or the week before at Daytona. It looks like both teams at Ganassi. You guys are you guys are really clicking off a, a series of good runs and bringing fast cars to the track. Yeah, um, you know it's like I said earlier, it's, it's just incremental building, you know, both the teams at Ganassi, the one and the 42 work closely together. And when one team has success, both teams can learn from that. So whether it's us or the one, uh, you know, we work closely together and, and we can take advantage of things that they might've done good, or we might've done good and, and put it together, particularly coming back to the second time at uh, Darlington, for instance. Are Ross and Kurt that similar, or do you know what you need to do to adapt to the individual drivers back and forth? Uh, know what we need to do to adapt. Um, and, and honestly, without practice and, and Ross being uh, new to the 42 this year, and, and really it's his first opportunity in an A Cup ride, uh, it took us, you know, a, a good bit, of, a couple of months in the beginning of the season really to, to figure out that difference between Kurt and Ross um, it, that, that was a little bit of a challenge early on, but right now we feel like we have a pretty good handle on what needs to be different for, for Kurt and Ross. I want to get into your background, but I, but I do want to start with, with uh, your, your co-crew chief there at Ganassi, Matt McCall. Um, and I saw pictures from years ago, Richard Childress Racing. You and Matt go back quite a distance together. That has to be nice as far as working, working, working across the crew chief uh, stable with, with a guy that you know so well. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, you're referring to 2014. We were, we were both the engineers on the 31 and we roomed together and, uh, I got to know him really well. And so when I came over to Ganassi, uh, you know, he was, he was the guy I probably knew the best. And, and obviously since then our relationships gotten better. And, uh, when I stepped into the crew chief role, it, it just makes that it, that much easier. Phil, how did you get started down this course? What is, was it a racing passion? Was it engineering passion? How did you, where, where, where are you from and how did you get started in this? I'd say it, it 
it started with a racing passion and uh, just kind of growing up around it. Uh, I, I'm from Vermont. Uh, when I was when I was young, before I could even you, you know you know toddler age, my dad raced oval snowmobiles and uh, and then in the late '80s did some Formula Ford stuff. So I was around it when I was I was really young. Um, and then when I got to be old enough to be able to go to the local short track, which which back home is Thunder Road. Um, I started going every week uh, when I was 14, and uh, that's really where the engineering thing came into it. You know, I, I knew I loved race cars, knew I loved working on them, building stuff, um, and trying to figure out uh, new things. And it, that just kind of led me to, you know, what's next, and that was engineering. So I kind of took my racing background and, and said, well, let's take it to the next step. Let's go get an engineering degree um, and see if I can pursue a career in racing as an engineer. Um, so I did, uh, I got a bachelor's at Worcester Polytechnic Institute in Massachusetts. And then, uh, after that moved South, uh, for a, for a job at Everham Motorsports. Wow. That's pretty neat. That's for sure. When, when you were doing your college, there, there's a lot of the schools here in the South. Clemson has a motorsports program. Charlotte has a motorsports program. I, you know, a couple other ones do as well. Uh, did you did you do general stuff or did you did you integrate motorsports into the program up in Massachusetts and and what was what was the reaction if you were if if you were bringing motorsports into it into a program that wasn't necessarily motorsports based? Yeah, um, to answer your question, no, there wasn't a motorsports concentration. I just did a you know a, a mechanical engineering program with a concentration in design. Uh, our school had the Formula SAE program, which was the only bit of racing that existed at the school at the time um the excuse me the the program was fairly small there was only you know 10 or 12 kids interested in it um none of which had any kind of short track racing experience so um tried to grow that program i think it you know down the road it got a little bit bigger but um yeah, yeah that was the that was really the only motorsports aspect of it and it was it was more or less on on me to try to figure out how I would apply this, you know, in the future. Neat. That is neat. The, the formula SAE for people not familiar with it, just kind of describe what that is. I, I think I did something years ago with Texaco was involved with that, if I'm not mistaken, but what describe that program that, that, that was in place there. Yeah. So generally speaking, it's a intercollegiate uh, design competition where they lay out some fairly broad rules um, governing the build of a, a formula car um, and there's uh, it's it's a multifaceted uh, kind of project because it focuses on the design it focuses on the manufacturing lean manufacturing and then there's a, a racing component endurance drag racing there's a skid pad event um, but you so your your great your your uh, your competition at the time there was only one competition in Michigan um, was not purely based on performance. You know, you got, you got a score for, you know, how well, how solid your design was and, and, and how good your manufacturing practices were and um, as well as the performance of the car. That's neat. Uh, yeah, I forget. I, I think it was Texaco. It might've been something with, I don't know. I remember, I remember doing something with it at one point and I thought it was fascinating to have the intercollegiate, uh, intercollegiate competition there and, and, and how that ties in. Phil, when you, you, you rolled along, you ended up over at Ganassi, you did one race, 
with uh, with uh, Kyle Larson, uh, had a top five finish, if I'm not mistaken, back a couple years ago. Uh, was crew chief kind of the destination you'd had planned or, or did you just kind of take it as it came to you? Um, when I was 22, 23 years old, crew chief was was what I had planned. Um, you know, I it, I did a couple of years uh, in the engineering department and I did data acquisition in 2005, I think it was. And by the time 2007 rolled around, I was on the road as a, uh, a cup race engineer. And I did that for uh, quite a few years. And uh, along the way, the, the crew chief uh, position was always kind of a goal, but it was never, I was never willing to take something that wasn't going to be competitive or wasn't going to be right. You know, there's, um, there certainly was opportunities with, you know, um, you know, subpar teams and subpar drivers and, and such. And it just never made sense to me to go, uh, to go do one of those. So uh, just, you know, time rolled on and, and I got a good opportunity here at Ganassi and, and that's where we sit today. Neat for sure. After the race on Sunday night at Darlington, Ross talked to our Kim Kuhn and he said, I'm really, really good at going fast. I need to get better at racing. Um, there, there's probably a way, and, 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 and I think I understand what he said, but as a crew chief, um, I, I would assume that there's, there's a way to engineer things, but there's got to be a race feel or a race sense that you have that likely that, that race engineer helped you, you know, kind of get to, get to that level to, to, to have an idea of what you need to do as far as race strategy and race calls go. Yeah, definitely. There's, there's a few different elements of it in the, the engineering background really, helps you on the vehicle dynamic side and the setup side. And, you know, as a race engineer, that's your primary focus as a crew chief, you kind of, you kind of step away from that. And I, I manage that, you know, I have guys that are, I have two engineers that are working full time on developing setups and making the car faster. I, you know, it's up to me to just kind of put those pieces together, um, make sure that every, uh, the best aero components are on the car and those guys are considering, uh, you know, the appropriate tweaks to the setup and, and focusing on the appropriate things. Um, so that's, that's kind of what you're talking about. You know, there's a, there's just that experience and that, that uh, level of understanding of racing um, that kind of shows up on the managerial level uh, rather than on the, you know, the, the detailed, the details of the engineering kind of side of things. This weekend, you roll into Richmond for 400 laps on uh, Saturday night. I was looking at Xfinity results. Ross gets around there really good. He had a pair of top five finishes in the Xfinity series last year. Uh, just kind of assess handicap what you're looking for this weekend. Uh, we have high hopes going into this weekend. Uh, we look back at our first Richmond race and uh, we started the race uh, too tight. And this was, you know, pretty early in the season when we were still trying to find our feet uh, with, with Ross and the team. And by the end of the race, there was a couple of green flag stints at the end of the race where we were running really competitive lap times. And unfortunately we, we got trapped a lap down as, as a lot did. And we're never able to, to race with the guys that we were, we were running lap times comparable with. So we've, we've taken what we learned at the first Richmond, uh, applied some small adjustments to it. And um, we're, we've got, we've got high hopes and high expectations this weekend that we can run as competitively as we did last week. Well, Phil, uh, final question for you. Um, we caught you late in the week here. Um, you were part of the Daytona test with the next gen car. 
Um, yep. Have you had much chance to process what you what what you guys learn about that car and just kind of kind of what's your what's your assessment of that as well? You know, I, I think overall things went really well. We had eight cars down there. Um, everybody went right out on track. There was no major issues. You know, single car stuff was like it always is at Daytona. And then we put them together in the draft. And I would say largely a very similar product. There's some there's some little nuances that are different with the next gen drafting. And um, there's some there's some challenges with the car that the teams are going to have to overcome. But I think we've identified those and, you know, those are, those are small things, you know, um, and we'll get through those pretty quickly, but I'd say all in all, it, it went pretty smooth. How do you balance going the rest of the season? I know playoff drivers have it even a little bit bigger pendulum one way or the other, but how do you balance that? Are there other tests you have coming up that you're looking at or, or, or how do you just balance between finishing strong this year and, and, and going forward into next year? Well, it's, it's, it's difficult. And for Daytona, I relied pretty heavily on our R and D group and our engineering groups to, to help with prep. And, you know, I, I didn't dedicate a ton of time to, to the Daytona test. Now the, when we look at uh, Charlotte Roval, Charlotte Oval, Phoenix, uh, some of the tests that we have coming up, obviously those are going to be um, a little bit more important to us a little bit later in the season. Um, in some regard, there is probably a little bit more time available because you know, the Phoenix build is likely done. The Gen 6 Phoenix build's likely done by the time the Roval test runs around. So there's a little bit more time, and uh, but there we, we can't give up an opportunity to win a race at the end of the season. So uh, full court press on that and fit in the next gen stuff when there's opportunity. Fun stuff, that's for sure. It never ends, that's for sure. Phil, uh, we appreciate you taking some time and joining us here on Crew Call this week. Thank you. There we go. That's Phil Surgeon, crew chief over at Chip Ganassi Racing for the number 42 car with Ross Chastain. Citywide to countryside, whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there no matter where the road takes you. Go to HerculesTires.com. There you can find the nearest authorized Hercules retail location to you. Plus, you can use the tire tracker to find out which Hercules tire fits your vehicle the best. That's HerculesTires.com. Hercules Tires, ride on our strength. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. Ford has put the stock back in stock car, and now you can register for your chance to be Ford Performance's VIP guest and watch the NASCAR Next Gen Mustang hit the track for the first time in 2022. One grand prize winner and their guest will receive a trip for two to Daytona Beach with VIP access. Ford Performance driver meet and greets, round trip airfare, and more. Register now through November 7th at FordNextGen.com. That's FordNextGen.com. Exciting times in the automotive world, including Ford Motor Company. They are investing $22 billion between now and 2025 in their electrification. This is a worldwide initiative, and it's taking place uh, particularly here in North America at four specific plants, including the new Rogue Electric Vehicle Center up in Michigan. That's one of the plants that is producing some of these brand new electric vehicles. They're investing, Ford that is, investing $700 million in that complex, creating more than 500 jobs up there. And all of the advanced sustainable technology will be in place so that they can build the Ford F-150 Lightning and the well, as well as the Ford F-150 Power Boost Hybrid. It is a great looking vehicle and you can check it out at www.ford.com under the electrification tab. That's the electrification tab at www.ford.com. Coming soon, the all new, all electric 2022 Ford F-150 Lightning. It's the first ever F-Series that's gas free and delivers trusted built Ford tough capability. So exciting stuff, that's for sure, with Ford Motor Company and exciting stuff in the NASCAR world. We're in the middle of the playoffs with the NASCAR Cup Series. Of course, we kicked it off at Darlington. How about Denny Hamlin and Chris Gabehart, his crew chief? They have moved themselves onto the round of 12. Now is when it gets interesting as we go to Richmond. On the outside looking in, Alex Bowman with his crew chief, Greg Ives. Got Kyle Busch with Ben Bayshore, that has the crew chief there. William Byron and Rudy Fugel and Michael McDowell and Drew Blickensdurfer. I'm really going to be keeping an eye on, uh, on Bowman and Kyle Busch. Bowman won there the last time we were there in the spring. And Kyle is a six-time winner. So I know Ben Bayshore will have that Toyota gassed up, souped up, and ready to go. It's going to be fun to see how we go in this middle round middle race of the round of 16. The truckers, they also are in the middle of their playoffs. Round number two of the round of 10, or race number two of the round of 10 was at Darlington and the looks, uh, the results look the same as uh, picking up the win was uh, Sheldon Creed and Jeff Stankowitz, the crew chief there. They are two for two. Chandler Smith and Zane Smith looking to lock in or get booted out when the series wraps up the round of 10 next week at Bristol Motor Speedway. That is a Thursday night race. Motor Racing Network will be there. MRN has all the coverage this weekend at Richmond Raceway. Kicking it off, this is going to be a fun race for sure. Friday night, 7 o'clock, the NASCAR Wheel and Modifieds. The Virginia is for Racing Lovers 150. The Ground Pounders, can't wait. That's a big part of my background, and I love watching the Modifieds race. We're kicking it off with Motor Racing Network coverage on Friday night with the Modifieds. Saturday, doubleheader coverage, 2 p.m., the NASCAR Xfinity Series Go Bowling 250. 
And at 6 o'clock, the NASCAR Cup Series, the Federated Auto Parts 400 salute to first responders, of course, Saturday being 9-11. So a lot of special festivities going around the race weekend at Richmond as well as we commemorate the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. So a big, big weekend at Richmond. You can follow along at MRN.com, get our program schedule, and even set a reminder that will go off to your phone to let you know every time Motor Racing Network is on the air. We appreciate Phil Surgeon from over at Ganassi Racing for joining us, but more important than all of that, thank you for joining us here on Crew Call, presented by Hercules Tires, right on our strength.